Welcome to High on the Hog with Merrill Schindler and co-host Joanna Belson. This is a podcast about all things cannabis. Tune in every week as Merrill and Joanna discuss the medical benefits of CBD and THC products with each other, as well as with informed guests from the cannabis industry and the lawmakers who regulate it. Enjoy the show. You know, here on High on the Hog, we've talked about every manner of medical crisis, difficulty, everything that medical cannabis helps with. We've talked about many body parts, but we haven't talked about um, the vagina, which is, at least for half the population, a notable body part, and for the other half, an interesting body part. I don't actually have one, contrary to what people have called me on occasion. Um, (laughs) But, you know... Many folks we speak to do, and Kyo Nystrom of Quim, um, you, well, I assume you do. I won't get personal there, but um, Quim is a word, Quim's a really old Victorian word, I think. It's something you, those of us who read, encountered in some perhaps pseudo-19th century pornography of a a book called My Secret Life, mm. where the fellow often refers to um, uh, quims and people rogering, and um, <laughs> uh, you know, it was it was kind of it was it, it was it was pornography, but it was so nineteenth century strange that with all the terminology that th- there was no erotic element to it. It was just it was it was a peculiar. It was from Grove Press, I remember. We all were reading it back in the day. Um, how'd you come up Well, of the many names you could have used, Quim, a 19th century word for vagina. And I'll tell you, I learned something. I had no idea where the derivation of that word came oh, from. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, it's got a great etymology. Um, so, I mean, we make products for the love of vaginas. We make vaginal topicals, um, cannabis-infused, CBD-infused, products that are designed to enhance sexual pleasure and provide proactive vaginal health solutions to things like bacterial vaginosis, recurrent UTIs, recurrent um, yeast infections, vaginismus, vaginitis, endometriosis, PCOS, um, a large slew of actual intimate health care issues. You you know you could be speaking Croatian for all I I followed everything she just... As a woman, you know all the yeah, things she just listed because I, it's part I, of our lives. Yeah, I think that that's something that we're actually getting at with the name and with a lot of our other marketing and branding is that um, if you have a vagina, these issues, they're, they're not super surprising. What's surprising is talking about them in mixed company. What's surprising is not whispering about them. Um, and so what we wanted to do when naming this company um, was partake in, I think, a rich tradition of companies or movements or groups within certain movements where you take back words that have been used to put you down. Um, You take back the words of your former oppressors. So quim was an archaic Victorian slang for cunt or vagina. Um, It means sheath, as in like a sheath of a sword. Um, Which I also think is sort of fascinating and sometimes What I hope we're going to change in this new uh, century with regard to intimate wellness is thinking about vaginas not just as a sheath for a penis. It has, believe it or not, it has um, 
other uses. So we wanted to name, uh, we wanted the company to have, have something of a pretty yonic nature. Um, we really liked the name Yoni. Um, Yoni's a good one. Yoni's yeah. a good one, reminds us. Also, of, li- little, little known. Little known. Again, I don't know what that means. Yoni Yiddish is. Without... I, I was going to say, it's a Jewish name. I know a few Yonis in New York. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so... but with Yoni, is Yoni, is it perhaps Greek, perhaps Latin? I actually can't. I thought it was Yiddish, but I'm not sure. I'm sure. Yeah, if you. It doesn't have a enough um shoes in it <laughs> you know schmeckle is yeah. sounds like what it is yeah schmeckle does sound like what it is um but we like the name of it um hinduism hinduism wow okay yeah. very cool yonic yes of course it is hindu i knew that i didn't <laughs> know that there you go well I, yeah i know i think it's funny that everyone knows that phallic means you know resembling a penis but right. yonic is resembling a vagina. Um, So we liked the name Yoni, um, but when we were looking at um, trademarking or patenting (coughs) the name or all of those business (coughs) registration processes, um, it turns out there were actually a number of companies that were using the name Yoni already that were making vaginal health and wellness products. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, And they tended to be, I think, a little bit more like homebrew than we are trying to be, you know, which when we started, you know, we were making every product we applied, we designed every label, we put every label on every bottle. We made it all. Um, and so it was homebrew. But I think as we grew, it became very clear that these products, you know, we're in a multiple what people call sin categories. We're in the cannabis industry. We're also in the intimate wellness category. Um, it's only so, so recent that people are even talking about particularly women's sexual wellness and sexual pleasure. So we do what we're in this sort of intersection of all of these uh, sin organization or sin categories. And um, yeah, I think we wanted to make sure our name sort of reminded people that there's nothing, uh, you know, that being called a vagina maybe isn't an insult. It's a literal life-giving organ. It's a lot more. Right? Isn't that interesting? As, yeah. As like kids on the playground call each other that. You're like, yeah, why? Like, oh, What's... you're such a pussy where someone's like, you know, when we t- want someone to um, display courage or backbone, we say, oh, you need to sack up or you need to grow a pair. And it's like, um, I accidentally nudge my fiance's testicles every now and then. And let me tell you, they are not the epitome of strength and resilience whereas my vagina bleeds once a month and she's still going you know we are still here every yeah. month right if you flick the balls exactly yeah, do, do, recall, do, do understand though that referring to someone as a prick is not a, a flattering term absolutely i think yeah. a dick more, yeah a, dick. a prick a dick are those absolutely i, I won't fight you there yeah. i but i do think when it's when we're talking about saying asking someone to display courage have you ever pushed some a ten pound thing out of a crevice that is definitely not. It's not. I mean, that takes courage. Well, I did go on a high fiber diet, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Ooh, and you've now seen you the, probably you've seen childbirth. <laughs> I, yeah, I was there. Yeah, I know. I was I was in the room. Yeah. You know, uh, so it's, you watched um, it. Yeah, it's no. It's do you it's, have a video. It is no, no. I do not. It is uh, that that seemed intrusive. Yeah, um, I don't know if I would. I haven't had yeah, kids yet. I, I, but I, don't I did know. not. I actually, I'm a mom. I have two kids, but I did. Uh, I had an emergency C-section. Mm. Kyle, you seem preppy, if anything. Pardon oh. me for describing you as such. Preppy, I mean, you were in kind of preppy pants, you know, kind of um, the, the 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 yuppie handbook pants. Ooh, How okay. did you come to medical cannabis or cannabis of any sort? Yeah. 
Um, well, despite my preppy visage, um, I was raised in San Francisco by an alternative healer, very mm-hmm. groovy woman, hence the name, Kayo. Um, and I was raised by a single mom, and my dad was in prison for nonviolent cannabis crimes, um, oh, wow. nonviolent uh, drug trafficking. So I grew up, I didn't know him at all. Um, but I did know my mom was incredibly honest with me. When he went to prison when I was four years old, my mom told me that he was going to prison in the state of Louisiana. I didn't have any idea where Louisiana was. I didn't know. All I knew when I heard that is that prison equals bad guy. You know, it's like I'd yeah. seen Aladdin. I, I knew what happened when Jafar sent someone to the dungeons. They were really, really bad. Um, and so, and my mom, and I was like, okay, well, is this a secret? Like, is this something I can talk to people about? And my mom um, had a really hard co- hard conversation with a four-year-old who, you know, and she, what she said to me was, um, this is your secret. This is your information to tell. I'm not going to tell you. You can't tell people. But I will tell you that, you know, we live in Marin County. You go to a private school. You're surrounded by pretty much exclusively two-parent households. Um, And so just think, you know, this information will make you different than other kids. Um, And so you get to decide what you want to do with that information. You can share it. so forward-thinking of your mom. Yeah. Back then, you know? Very forward-thinking. And my I'm dealing with it in therapy now. (laughs) God bless her, but, you know, also God bless my therapist. Um, So, yeah, I carried this secret. I felt, you know, secrets, kids don't like secrets. They are way, they're very stress and anxiety inducing. And I was so afraid that I was going to tell one of my friends and then they would tell their parents and then I wouldn't be allowed to hang out with them anymore. Um, So I didn't tell anyone. Kept it completely to myself until maybe like high school. And it probably wasn't until I had probably my first friend who also had a single mom. And I felt, I was like, okay, finally someone who's like a little bit more like me who I can talk to about this. Um, but even then, I was so embarrassed by the drug part. I think I, I said he was arrested for like a boating, <laughs> like a boating, uh, like boat racing or something. Something in my teen mind sounded more glamorous and less shameful. Um, and then I started, you know, using cannabis recreationally in college. Um, and then in 2015, um, Governor Jerry Brown passed the Medical Cannabis Regulation and Safety Act. And essentially, the writing was on the wall that this massive gray organization, or gray industry that had been semi-regulated since 1996 was going to become a highly reg- regulated industry with all of these different licenses. Um, and there would be an opportunity to get involved in this industry while the regulations were still being made, while we could still have an opportunity to change things. Um, and I think that was really exciting to me because I saw how much you know, I don't look like, as you said, I don't look like the, um, I don't look like a victim of the war on drugs. Um, but I definitely felt the negative impacts of the shame associated with it and wanted to get involved and do something different. You were also in San Francisco where the sense of that is, I would think, far less. I spent a decade living in San Francisco and, you know, smoking a joint was not a big deal. It was pretty much the same as, as having a beer. Oh, yeah, it was never smoking and joint, consuming cannabis has never been a big deal. Going to prison is a big deal. Right. That is that was the shame. Every, all of my friends' parents smoked, but they were smart enough or rich enough to not get arrested for it. And they weren't, you know, they weren't moving, you know, kilos of it across yeah. uh, from Mexico. Well, to the even United that States. is, you know, it's just a service industry is, um, you know, where they find a need and fill it, as, as the cement trucks in San Francisco all, all say. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so your involvement, we have your involvement as a, a user, mm-hmm. but how did it become a business? So I, all of the women in my family um, are really susceptible to vaginal health issues. My sister has vaginismus. Um, I got my first UTI when I was 18. I played water polo in high school, so I spent a lot of time in a wet bathing suit, learned all those lessons early on. Um, and yeah, everyone's really susceptible to these issues. Is it, is it hereditary in some of the susceptibility? I don't know. I know, I know it's certain women, like friends of mine, yeah. like there's just certain groups of women who once you're just in a cycle and you're just used to it. That's part of what you are. But like, well, I think there are, I mean, the cycle is designed, the products that are, you know, mainstream products that are available on the market. I mean, they, you know, for example, over 50% of people with vaginas prefer to have sex using some kind of lubricant. The most widely available and affordable are glycerin-based. Think your Astroglides, your KYs. Right. Um, glycerin is a metabolic byproduct of sugar. So if you're susceptible to any of these infections, um, you really should not be using any glycerin-based product. So now you've caused a low-level infection. That infection, depending on your anatomy, where your vaginal canal um, aligns to your clitoris and to your urethra, Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, depending on your physical anatomy, how close your vaginal canal is to your urethra and your clitoris, um, it might be easier for bacteria to move one area to another. Um, and so now you probably, maybe you've contracted a UTI, um, a urinary tract infection. Once you have a UTI, you need to go on antibiotics really quickly that can move up into your kidneys. I've been hospitalized twice for kidney infections. I've had um, one. It's the worst. It's really <clears throat> the worst. And you don't always see it coming. No. I mean, you you know when you have a UTI. I think it's so funny when you go to the doctor and they're like, how do you know you have a UTI? And you're like, I'm sorry, doctor. Um, I'm 30 years old. This is not my first UTI. And yes, I peed after sex. Thank you very much. Can I have? <laughs> um, so now you go on these antibiotics and they will take care, you know, they'll wipe out that infection, but it also wipes out all the good bacteria in your body um, that was helping protect you from getting a yeast infection. Okay, now you need to go on Monistat. Monistat will take care of about 96% of vaginal yeast infections, but the ingredients in that are super drying. So they send you right back to the KY that, or like Astroglide that got you here in the first place. Um, so years of enduring that cycle and doing research on, you know, what, what are in these products that I'm using vaginally um, got me thinking about proactive as opposed to reactive care. Okay, if this is the body that I'm in, um, in the same way that I wear sunscreen or drink water or exercise, how can I take care of my body before it gets to that point? Um, and I think that, the, and then I, you know, I saw some other, I had tried another cannabis infused lubricant. I thought it was so cool. It was combining my favorite things. Um, and I saw an opportunity to, in my opinion, take it a little further, not just address um, enhance sexual pleasure, but also put in plant-based ingredients that have been shown to help mitigate UTIs and yeast infections, um, ingredients that have been helped to soothe irritated skin, um, ingredients that have been shown to help with vaginal elasticity or increase frequency of orgasms. Um, I think we, you know, definitely we look at cannabis as an active ingredient, but it's not the only one. So how did you come to, I mean, are you, you're not a chemist, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing, how did, you come how did you come hmm? <laughs> right? A preppy chemist. We both said it the same. How did you come to f- you and your and your partner Rachel come to formulate something like this? Um, I have always loved the process of potion making, as I called it, um, when I was a kid. Um, you got from your mother? Yeah, I guess? clearly. Yes. Um, we, you know, we had a big garden and I would go and I would like make little poultices and I had really bad eczema when I was a kid and I would go through 
and smelling the flowers and then like making a poultice and then applying putting it on my skin sometimes the rashes got way worse sometimes they got a little bit better who can really say but I've really always enjoyed that process um and so I but it really started with I actually had found um, these tea tree suppositories in a Whole Foods in Marin County. Really, tea tree is a um, strong essential oil, but it's a natural antifungal and antibacterial. Um, So when I was this way before I had gotten involved in cannabis, but I was deep in this cycle, I found these suppositories, and they were amazing. And I I bought like two boxes of them and I tried to make them last as long as possible because I went back in and I couldn't find them again. Oh, wow. And then I went back into like every Whole Foods in the Bay Area. And I, you know, in every health food store in America, there is some witch in the like supplement aisle who knows way more than that. She's like, you know, she's like the grand dam of the supplement aisle. And I was like, where can I get these? And she was like, I've never even seen them before. And I was like, oh, this is the first thing I found that worked. And then I looked at the ingredients and I was like, I mean, that's that's not too crazy. I could probably, you know, like I can get some candy molds on Amazon. I can figure this out, make some weird gummy bear shaped vaginal <laughs> suppositories. And it worked, um, you know, not the first time around. But so that was, I would say, my first foray into making my uh, own. Why products. gummy bears? Because that's the form. It's a candy find. tray. OK. <laughs> I mean, it's not the shape I think of for suppositories. It, but. Also- it was her limitations on Amazon of what like shapes yeah. they can come in. They're probably okay. like gelt circles yeah exactly and I just you know I was probably I had just graduated from college I didn't have like six hundred dollars to spend on the setup I was like okay what can I get ingredients for this for like 50 bucks and see what happens you could have made like lego shaped people exactly did you have some colorful failures at first yeah oh my god yes yes definitely um I mean really it was so many failures at the beginning. Um, I am not the most, despite my preppy uh, <laughs> attire, um, I am not the most detail-oriented person. I hate, um, as I was late today, I'm real. I'm not always great at managing my own schedule. Um, and so I had been making these products with sometimes amazing success, sometimes obscene failure. Um, and it wasn't until I brought in Rachel, who's our head of operations, that we actually started titrating the recipe. Um, So I knew, you know, we had some amazing successes, things that really worked really well or batches that worked really well. The problem was I never knew how to recreate them. And she was like, okay, how much cannabis are you putting in? How much oil? At what temperature? And I was like, well, I don't know if you guys have seen Grace and Frankie. It reminds me that I'm like, well, I smoke a joint. And then I uh, see what we have laying around the house, see what the oven's preheated at for whatever dinner was happening. Um, and so, yeah, it was, I was not really keeping track, track of it because I had no idea that it was going to become a business. Do you have to work in a highly sterile setup? I mean, at this point, we are so far from making our own products. We okay. have to work with a licensed manufacturer. Um, I'm not even... But like, when you were making your own, I mean, did you... Yeah, when you we know? were making... I mean, when I was pl- making it just for myself, I was just doing it in the kitchen. The moment we decided to expand and start actually selling it to dispensaries, we made it in a commercial kitchen. Yeah, because it's interesting. If you... And we had to go through food training safety and all the... You know, we have all the... We had the hair the hair mask, the... Yeah. I don't know if you've seen Weed the People, which is about um, a very, very moving film um, documentary about um, pediatric cancer and, and cannabis, despite the silly name. And um, uh, they, they they can't get what they need out there, so they're just 
people who are making it for them. And there were seats in there making it. They're just in their kitchen in a, a pot that they probably cooked some spaghetti in the night before mm-hmm. making the cannabis. And I'm going, well, I'm glad it works, but that doesn't seem like the best of ideas. No, I mean, it's definitely not, uh, which is, I think, a, 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 which is a major benefit of the new regulatory system. I'm sure a lot of your guests come in here and they talk about all the problems with Prop 64, the overregulation of the industry, the overtaxation of the industry. I have I have a lot of faith in our ability to work those things out. I think making sure that products are tested, you know, just seeing what happened with, you know, Vapegate a few months ago. Yeah. You know, these unregulated vapes, I mean, we don't even know what the long-term effect of vaping is. We like we know what the long-term effect of smoking is because people have been doing it for well, a long Well, we know the longer. short-term effect has been pretty disastrous. The short-term effect has been pretty disastrous in small case, you know, I would it's I would say it's if enough. we're looking it's enough, but it's not we're not talking about percent full percentages here, and I don't think we have enough data to say what the long-term effects of it will be. But I do think that if we're going to apply these very strict testing regulations to cannabis, well, shit, I would like to say these see these same testing regulations applied to the food that we're buying in the grocery store. A lot of what we deal with here is CBD and THC. We deal more with, with CBD side. Um, your products are both one. What what do what do you use here? Yep. So we have four products: um, two in the hemp CBD space and two in the regulated cannabis industry. Um, the ones that are in the cannabis industry: Oh Yes Latex Safe uh, Latex Safe Serum and Night Moves Intimate Oil are both going to be a THC heavy formula. Um, when THC is absorbed vaginally, it acts as a vasodilator, meaning it's going to increase blood flow to that part of your body, um, augmenting natural lubrication, enhancing sensation, um, and tends to make it a little bit easier to achieve climax. Um, THC <laughs> is psychoactive. Mm-hmm. Is that, well, <laughs> does it connect? So it is very highly unlikely that you will feel any psychoactive effects from applying these products to the vulva, vagina, perineum, um, clitoris. That is not to say it's impossible. If you, particularly if you go into the vaginal canal, you do you have the opportunity to cross the blood-brain barrier. It's highly, highly unlikely. Um, you would have to like pour the whole bottle down, which you know at almost sixty dollars a pop, that's. Um, that's not the most effective way to get your buzz on. Yeah. But you will feel a, it's a topical feel, you know, you'll you'll now feel how, the effects topically. How did you know what formulations to use for what type of issues people were having or you were having yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think we just tried a lot. You know, okay. I've been making these products since 2016. So we had a couple of years, you know, it wasn't until 2018 that testing and tri- like, the, I think it got a lot harder to develop a product after 2018 um, because you couldn't just play around with things before, you know, play around with things, give them to a few people, get their feedback. Um, everything had to go through a lab. Um, it was really, really hard to get samples of anything if you personally didn't have a license. Um yeah, we just tried a lot of different things. We talked to a lot of different people. Um, we work with a PhD formulation scientist. We also work with um, a clean, green beauty expert to make sure we're using appropriate sourcing. How and would you... Go ahead. I, I have, has anyone ever used any of your products for childbirth? Um, 
So Just curious. yes, absolutely. That's um, particularly on the CBD side. Um, our we have two products: um, Happy Clam and <laughs> and Smooth Operator. Um, so we actually have yeah, I have a two women, two friends of mine who just had babies and they were using um, Happy Clam right um, like in the month leading up to their birth um, to help um, the ingredients in Happy Clam can help um, they moisturize the skin and also it has Damiana in it. So it helps with vaginal elasticity, meaning it's going to make it decrease the likelihood that you'll experience vaginal tearing. I think about 40% of women experience vaginal tearing right now. And then for on the postpartum side, um, we have a lot of people who have used both Happy Clam and Smooth Operator, which is our aloe-based formula, um, to help with the healing process after that happens. I know there's a whole movement towards natural um, products in childbirth and cannabis especially, and it's yeah. very controversial, but there's a whole movement of women who are supporting it. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, it is incredibly controversial. You know, obviously it's not ethical to test things on pregnant people. It's why, um, you know, think like adaptogenic herbs like ashwagandha or um, reishi mushroom, if you buy them at like Erewhon or something, it says like not, like don't use if pregnant or consult your physician. And the reason for that, they haven't tested that anything could be dangerous to the baby. It's just that it's not ethical to, you can't test things on pregnant women. <laughs> That that in and of itself yeah. is unethical. So it is, but I think you know people just have to make that choice themselves. And alternative methods do have their their, their problems. I mean, we went with some friends through several months of Bradley, Bradley, the Bradley method of, of childbirth. Um, what is the Bradley method? It's um, lots the of the pullout method. <laughs> no, it's lots of lying. I think it was Bradley. It was lots of lying on the ground and and hip thrusting with a pillow and yelling things and you know. Uh, but is it was all this non- while you're having sex. No, this is this, <laughs> childbirth. This is childbirth. Oh. No, um, and it was um, you know much 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 stuff. And three 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 women, my wife being one of them, went into the hospital at the same time. And when they heard the screams of the first one, they all said, where's, where's, the, where's the block? We, we want the, uh, the, the uh, give, us, give us a shot. She yeah. gives us a shot right now. No, don't, okay, the, uh, that's so much for the Bradley. I um, did the uh, hypnobirthing method where uh-huh. I was gonna breathe my baby out. Yeah. My uh, 11 pounder that they told me I was gonna have. <laughs> oh my God. And uh, he was not moving. And so after like 25 hours of labor, I had a C-section, so. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I recently have been uh, just read about orgasmic birth. Um, oh. It sounds whew, confusing. <laughs> I mean, not confusing, just like, whoa, those are, I guess, you know, your vagina has many uses. Um, but I have heard that actually masturbating while giving birth can help relieve the pressure. I recently read an article, you know, this girl, she like brought in, she was doing a water birth. Um, she brought in a vibrator and she was, and it was her second kid. And she was like, listen, I can say that I got in and out of there real fast. It was the most awkward thing I've ever no. experienced. She was like, but you know, suddenly I was thinking about, instead of thinking about pushing this like basketball size thing out of my vagina, suddenly I was like, oh, it's just, maybe it's just the biggest dick ever. Woo. <laughs> and I think that that, you know, it's. Sounds wild, but listen, anything it sounds really crazy, this whole childbirth thing. So despite your really, really shocked and appalled uh, face. Are you breathing still? Yeah. Okay. You know, I was just gonna say just uh, on that on that note <laughs> on that note, where can your product be found? 
Our products can be found on our website, itsquim.com, I-T-S. I can't believe you got that, by the way, that some some porn company hadn't grabbed that. Well, I'm still, I'm in an actual, I'm in a bidding war right now for quim.com, but we have itsquim, uh, which in the meantime, I'm like, this guy wants like 10 grand for it. I'm like, okay. You don't need it. I think we'll be fine without it's quim it. It's quim is perfect. Yeah, it's quim is just fine. Um, so it's quim.com. Um, if you are trying to run out and get apostrophe them. Apostrophe S or no apostrophe? No, no apostrophe. Thank you. Um, You can also get them in a number of dispensaries in California. You can get them at Sweet Flower. Uh, it's one of my favorite ones. And then you can get them on Urban Outfitters, Anthropology, all of the good, uh, good vibrations and Babeland, Babeland stores okay. uh, nationwide. Wow! Yeah. Wow. So it sounds like you're doing pretty Kyle good. Kyle Nystrom, you're ever so impressive. So I, cool. I, 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 I said before you showed up, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was no problem. No. Thank you so very much for coming Thanks in. For of, me, of, guys. Of, of Quim, it's Quim.com, a product I relate to. Tangentially, let us say. <laughs> well, what are you guys doing for Valentine's Day before I head out of here? Um, uh, my wife works late, so I'll be bringing some sushi. I don't. Uh, my husband's lucky. I don't have to. Um, he doesn't have to do anything. Phil, don't, I don't believe in the holiday. Phil is filled with guilt. <laughs> and it is Meryl Schindler. It is Joanna Belson. It is Phil Giangrande here. Thank you, Kyle Nystrom, for the time. Fascinating. It's High in the Hog. We'll catch you next time. High in the Hog, it's your one place to find information about medical cannabis, about the stuff that's really the talk of the world. Find us on iTunes, find us on Amazon, find us on the internet. High in the Hog, the podcast.com. That's High in the Hog, the podcast.com. Tell a friend.